Welcome to Perspectives on Perseverance with Dr. Mark Ballard, President of Northeastern Baptist College in Bennington, Vermont. At NEBC, we are committed to developing the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, and the perseverance of a soldier. This podcast seeks to provide biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives on perseverance that will help you persevere in your walk with the Lord and in your service to Him, to His people, and His creation. This is episode 18. Join me as we continue our series in Does It Still Matter? So what matters today, President Ballard? (laughs) Hey, Joe, it's good to see you today. I hope you had a great uh, Saturday and uh, ready to end a good Sunday morning this morning. I did, I did. How about you? Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, listen, uh, what I'm thinking about today, Joe, is dictionaries. Dictionaries? Yeah, do you like dictionaries? You know what? I don't even know if I own one anymore. Yeah, everybody goes to dictionary.com. Yeah, today, don't yeah, they? that's what yeah, I've been using lately. Yeah, yeah I, honestly, even though I probably have about 10 dictionaries, I never open one either, right? If I need a dictionary, I go to dictionary.com. I Side note to the listener, uh, professors don't like dictionary.com on papers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. No, no question about that. Hey, listen, uh, I've been thinking about dictionaries in a different way, though, and that's this. Uh, have you noticed, Joe, that a lot of times people that use the same vocabulary as you use a different dictionary than you? Yes. I, these people from the South call hats toboggans. <laughs> and a toboggan <laughs> is a sled. And I don't know what they are thinking. <laughs> uh, well, there are all kinds of ways that uh, that, that happens. And uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but one of the things that uh, I'm thinking of particularly is our current series that we're, of things we're talking about. If you remember a couple episodes back, uh, we talked about the issue of inerrancy and how that sometimes people are using the term inerrancy, but they don't mean the same thing, Joe, that you and I mean, right. or that most of our listeners mean. They don't mean uh, that the Bible is uh, totally true and that it is without error. They would uh, use the term inerrancy and even even sign a document saying that they believe in inerrancy, but they actually then will will try to give a new definition of inerrancy. Say, well, it's inerrant in purpose, but it has factual errors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, another issue where that is the case is the issue of the gospel. Uh, a lot of people use the term gospel. They do, and yeah. uh, in fact. Uh, even even people beyond the evangelical world um, use the term gospel sometimes, uh, and there are differences. I remember when I first moved to New England back in 1998. Uh, I, were you even born, Joe? I'm not sure. I, I was alive. Okay, I, all right. I had been well, walking on this terrestrial ball for that, four years at that, that point. Okay, that's great. That's great because, you know, I'm, more and more when I talk about 1998, people don't know what I'm talking about, so that's that's nice. But hey, listen, uh, in 1998, we moved, my wife and I, to Londonderry, New Hampshire to start a church. And I was driving through Derry, New Hampshire, and I saw a sign for an old-fashioned Catholic tent revival. And uh, it just it just caught my attention. It, you know what? That caught my attention, too, just now. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, well, you know what? I told, looked at Cindy, and I said old-fashioned Catholic tent revival? Where I grew up, I grew up in a town in Colorado that was primarily Hispanic, and there was nothing old-fashioned about a Catholic revival, and uh, certainly not a tent revival. I had never seen anything like that. So I told Cindy, I said, I have got to go to that. I would too. uh, Yeah, I I had to go check it out, and uh, so I went to a Catholic tent revival, old-fashioned Catholic tent revival, 
and uh, it was a very interesting, uh, very interesting experience, Joe. Uh, they uh, they sang uh, most of the songs that we sing. Uh, you know, they mostly uh, contemporary Christian music. It wasn't really contemporary for 1998. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, some, uh, I think they may have done one hymn, uh, but that was it. And uh, they had a praise band. Was it and, a mighty fortress is our God? Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Uh, a Lutheran hymn, <laughs> no doubt. But uh, but the music you would have you, you would have just thought you were in a in a Baptist gathering uh, yeah. during during the worship service. And then they had a director of evangelization uh, who got up and encouraged everyone that was in the tent uh, to invite their friends and bring them in, and and not just invite their friends, but to get the gospel out there. In fact. Um, the, it was a lady and she was the director of evangelism for their church. And she just really pushed, Hey, we have got to get the gospel out to dairy and beyond. And it was, I was just, I was like, wow. Yeah, I, I was that's, that's incredible. And then they introduced the speaker and, and he got up and man, he was captivating. And, uh, he, he took a few minutes just to say how much he loved to preach the gospel and I was like looking around and I'm like, yeah, we are in the yard of a Catholic church. You know, I was, I was shocked because the Catholics I grew up in didn't talk in those terms mm-hmm. uh, that I grew up with in Colorado. And so I was really uh, kind of shocked by it. And then he started preaching. And, and Joe, you're not going to believe this, but he actually started his sermon by saying, how do you live the Christian life? And he asked the question two or three times. He was a very engaging speaker. And then he, he answered it in a way that shocked me. He said, you can't live the Christian life. He said, it's impossible because you have a sin nature and you sin and you do wrong. And, and for about 20 minutes, he was building a case that the only thing that could save you was the gospel. Wow. And I was just like, this is just absolutely amazing. And then he said, when, when you respond to the gospel... The Holy Spirit comes in, lives inside of you, and empowers you to live the Christian life. And I was mm. like, "Wow, That's good stuff!" This I is, think I've said that before. This is sermon. awesome. I, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds. I mean, I wanted to say Amen, and believe me, I, I didn't because I was holding out, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't sure how it would go. However, there were other people in the crowd saying Amen to this guy. Okay, and, uh, you uh, know what? I need I need to go back to a Catholic church. It sounds like I've well, never heard and of this. then after twenty minutes, he said, "So the question becomes, uh, what is the gospel, and how do you receive the Holy Spirit?" And he said, "You do it." by being baptized as an infant. Mm. You do it by going to catechism. You do it by by going to confession. You do it through confirmation. You do it through taking the Lord's Supper. And he began to lay out these these works, and he declared that to be the gospel. And he said, by doing these works, you receive the Holy Spirit, and you're forgiven, and you have salvation. And so he actually used the same word that we use, but he used a different dictionary. In fact, Paul warns of that in Galatians mm-hmm. when he says, if anyone comes to you preaching any other gospel, any other right. thing, claiming it to be the good news, other than what they had already received, he said, even if I or an angel from heaven do it, then let them be accursed. And so so I have found uh, through the years that people might use the same term, the gospel, but mean something different. But Joe, what, what's really surprised me and I know, I know this is this has caught your attention. That even among conservative 
um, evangelicals, even among Baptists. Uh, in recent years, there's been a confusion about the definition of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that too. And <clears throat> I mean, all, all joking aside, uh, uh, that's unfortunate what happened at that tent revival. So I many people probably convinced of their need for something and then mm -hmm. being told they can't live the Christian life and then being told how to live the Christian mm -hmm. life. And that's mm -hmm. the gospel. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've noticed that among my own circles. I've noticed a flippant use of the word gospel and mm. um, even in, in conservative evangelicalism. And so what do you have to say about that? Well, you, you know, I, I, I want to be, I, I want to be clear and I want to be specific here because uh, it seems like every other time I turn around, somebody's saying that's a gospel issue or this is a gospel issue or uh, this is the main thing. And, and, and so they're, they're casting things that are important things very often. Uh, not all of them would I agree with, but a lot of them I would. Mm -hmm. and, and they're good things. They're, they're important things that must be dealt with, but they are not the gospel. And, and by constantly saying this is a gospel issue and that's a gospel issue and this is a gospel issue, we're actually confusing people about what the gospel is. Mm. Um, uh, I was recently at a, at a conference with um, some folks down in Mississippi, and one of the speakers, um, who happens to be a friend of mine, uh, he was preaching, and, and he brought this issue up about the gospel and, and people saying this is you know a gospel issue, that's a gospel issue. And he made a statement that, that, Joe, I know you've heard me say, so I, I was kind of encouraged that I wasn't the only one <laughs> saying it. But he said this, he said, if everything is the gospel, then nothing is the gospel. Right. And, and so really, um, last week we, we talked in, uh, on the podcast about the Conservative Baptist Network, and we talked about uh, the things that it stands for. Uh, obviously the inerrancy of Scripture, but then also for the gospel message and carrying that gospel to the ends of the earth. And and you know what? Uh, I am finding more and more brothers through that network who absolutely understand and, and they know what the gospel is and they, they are saying the same things uh, that you and I say uh, in the circles that, that we run with, and that is that the Bible defines the gospel. That's right. So I know you have a favorite, there are many places we could go in Scripture, I know you have a favorite passage to deal with that, and I'm going to let you read it. Uh, oh, really? It, yeah, if you would read the, because the, the, I know you already got your Bible open, and uh, and you want to do that, so, um, so why don't you read that text for us? I'd be happy to. Uh, the, the passage is 1 Corinthians 15. And starting in verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Mm. Amen. Amen. And you know, Paul defines it right there. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he says, this is the gospel that I preached, and, uh, and he wants us to understand exactly what it is in verse 3 and 4. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died according, or for our sins according to the Scriptures. So Jesus died in our place, taking the penalty for our sins, suffering the wrath of God as our substitute. Uh, so that we could be forgiven, and that he was buried, 
and then that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That, Joe, is the gospel message. Uh, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ died as our substitute. Yes, it was an example to us of his sacrifice. It was a, it demonstrated his love for us. There's no question about it, but he died as our substitute, taking the penalty that you and I and every person that's ever walked this earth other than Jesus deserves mm-hmm. for sin, suffering the wrath of God for us. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and all of those who turn to him. Jesus said it this way, he that believes on me has everlasting life. And that means to trust him, to turn from your sin, turn from trusting your own good works or anything that you could do to earn it, recognizing you don't deserve it, and turn from your sin and trusting self to placing your faith completely in the Lord Jesus Christ and the victory that he's won. And when we do that, he said he gives us eternal life. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And that, uh, my friend, is the gospel message. Would you agree? I would agree. And, and you know, uh, what I love about that passage is, like you just said, when you believe that message, uh, your life has changed forever. But the rest of that chapter mm. explains the glory of that change. Mm. It explains the resurrection. Mm. And that is, the, that is the end of the gospel, that we would be Amen. raised forever to reign and rule with Christ. Um, but if you don't mind, President mm-hmm. Valerie, one, I, I've studied this passage a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the context mm-hmm. of this passage. And as, as we, we talk about in hermeneutics, context is king. And, yeah, and, you absolutely. Know, I, we say that all the time. Sometimes it loses its meaning. But, but context is totally king in this issue mm-hmm. because leading up to chapter 15, mm-hmm. Paul is talking about a lot of issues Mm. that in our day and age are being called gospel issues. Mm -hmm. But he makes a stark contrast when he hits chapter 15. He Mm -hmm. says, more than anything I've mentioned, more than the sin that's in your camp, more than the things that you've been doing, Mm. this is why I preach and this is why I came Mm. to you. I think that changes everything Mm -hmm. because Paul is saying the gospel, not these issues, but the gospel is more important than anything else that's going on. Amen. And no doubt, when a person trusts Christ as their Lord and Savior, and Jesus is now Lord, they've responded to the gospel and faith, it will impact the way they think about all of the issues that Paul brought up and all the issues yeah. that are there now. So, so when you have trusted Christ, you're going to think biblically about racial reconciliation. You're going to think biblically about, about sexual misconduct and sexual mm-hmm. abuse and all of those kinds of things. You are going to think biblically about those as you grow in your walk with the Lord. But they're not the gospel. Right. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins in our place, that he was buried and rose again. And he is the only way to a relationship with God, to the filling of the Holy Spirit and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and to an eternity in heaven. And uh, that's so crucial that we distinguish that. So folks on, uh, on the podcast, all of our listeners, when you hear uh, Joe Ferguson or Mark Ballard talk about the gospel, you know what dictionary we're using. Oh, and I'll stand by that, yeah. Uh, One thing I do want to say, too, is uh, to add to what you're saying, President Ballard, putting this emphasis on what the gospel is, is is making sure we maintain our integrity in the words we say. Mm -hmm. But by no means does it dismiss the things in the chapters previous to 1 Corinthians 15 
because we are people that have been saved through the gospel, saved by Jesus Christ and that gospel, mm-hmm. we look at these things differently, like you said, and we advocate for the the reconciliation in these things. We advocate for, for the change of these things, and we stand against those things which are against God, Amen. because the gospel is the doorway we came through to that realization. Yes. And so it doesn't make the gospel everything, it makes the gospel the important thing, mm-hmm. and all these other things flow out of our understanding mm-hmm. of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, if, if that makes sense. Uh, that. Absolutely, yeah. because, because you know what, it's, it's the gospel message that saves and that uh, secures a relationship with God and eternity in heaven. And of course, those, again, those changed will think biblically about the issues that mm-hmm. are out there. Not, not think as the world tells us, but think about what God tells us. You know, Joe, and, and just as a closing thought, and I know we're, our time's about up here for today, but I do want to just say that that, you know, I, I hear people often say the world is watching, and, and, you know, that's true, the world is watching us. But but more importantly, God is watching us. And uh, we are not accountable to the world. We're accountable to God. And the world is never going to agree with everything that God says. Uh, Jesus said uh, that if they if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they mm-hmm. hated me, they'll hate you. And and the reality of it is is we do have to account for what we do, what we believe to God. And so I would encourage people to to just recognize God is watching. And and if I have trusted Christ, then I need to live biblically. I need to respond to all of the issues in our world biblically. In fact, I, I even need to respond to all the stuff that happens in politics that makes us all so sick. I need to respond <laughs> to that biblically, yes, um, not in uh, in a way that is pleasing to anyone else. Right. So, uh, my thought for the day is be clear about the gospel. Absolutely. Thank you, President Ballard, and uh, thank you for joining us today for Perspectives on Perseverance. Uh, If you'd like to know more about Northeastern Baptist College, you can go to our website, nebcvt.org. No matter what today may bring, persevere and have a great day in Jesus, the one who saved you, the one who loves you, and the focal point of the gospel. strength and armor we are fit